Welcome to the Praise Den. It's the Praise Den. We did it. Welcome to it. Congratulations to you. We just gave birth to to a new episode of the Praise Den, and we're happy to be here. I'm Heath Huffman. I'm Alex Sanchez. And this is the the new baby Praise Den that we just birthed. I'm the baby Praise Den. I'll give it. I'll give give it milk for my. Oh, Oh, God. My frit my refrigerator. Oh, you can't you can't start a sentence with oh and then try and save it. I like give it milk. We're here with Ben Francis. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Ben France. He's the he's the lead singer and front man of the uh local Oklahoma City band Lotse. Hi Ben. Hey. Ben's also one of my longest standing friends. We've been friends since high school. I sit sometimes too, but yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Either mm-hmm. way, I'm proud of your endurance. Yeah, yeah uh, you've really gone the distance with me in a way that other people have not. Yeah, <laughs> jack of all trades. <laughs> ben, uh, right up top, I want to ask you how you felt about that baby riff that we did at the beginning of the year. Um, I felt like I was there. Um, Good enough. <laughs> I, I okay, didn't... who would you say is the mom of of the of the baby episode of the praise down and who's mm. the dad well i like to think it was more of like a origin of the universe type uh birthing of the baby like kind of out of the ether Ooh, okay you know, mm-hmm. out of nothing big bang type kind of a big yeah adam from the dust kind of uh you know yeah emerging yeah. That's that's good and way less gross than the direction that yeah, we ended up taking it. But I am like totally the dad. I did like I did <sighs> say the milk thing. That's I get I don't know. But that's it's not the dad's job typically. They can. They can. I mean they they can. You're right. They can. Yeah. And uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Shadow the Hedgehog can have a baby. I mean that's I think a little less realistic, pretty but also they? still it's, true. It's pretty are they the well same? Tried, yeah. yeah. Are they like the same like uh, breed of hedgehog? No, th- they're both hedgehogs. I think one of them's like synthetic or made in a lab, so I'm not sure. Shadow synthetic. I think so. So he might be sterile, like a liger. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think mm. anybody that skates that good is sterile. <laughs> Except for Rodney Mullen, <laughs> who traded all of his fuck energy to be the Eepmon of skateboarding. <laughs> damn you and your damn skateboard jokes. That was just for that was just for me and my friends. <laughs> And all the radical listeners at home. All yeah. those radical listeners. All those Christian extremists. That... This episode brought to you by Mountain Dew. And... I'm drinking a hearty cup of Mountain Dew Baja Blast right now. That's exclusive to Taco Bell. So, <sighs> Mountain Dew, come on the show. Let's talk about Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Mountain Dew, let's talk about... <laughs> Pillar, I guess. Yes, Mountain. If a representative for Mountain Dew, it, first of all, is listening to this, and second of all, wants to come on the show to talk about Pillar, we let's, will reserve a spot. I'm going to make a vow <laughs> right now. I'm making a vow that we will Lock not, in, baby. we will not talk about Pillar until it is with somebody from the Mountain Dew Corporation. You heard it here first. We are putting, a, we're putting we're, Pillar into a lockbox. Wow. 
the key to which will only be able to be given to us. This is really the the day the Earth stood still. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get a let's get a representative from Mountain Dew on this show. So I can go on let's, living. <laughs> let's make Mountain Dew aware with the hashtag. Put Mountain <laughs> now. Okay. Somebody that generally is associated with Mountain Dew, come on the show, please. Hashtag <laughs> do an episode of the Praise Down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a here's a question. Do ben. the praise down. <laughs> Ooh. Hashtag yes. do the praise Hashtag down. Hashtag do the praise down. <laughs> and that's D E W. If you couldn't tell by the way we pronounced it as do. Can it be do the poise down? <laughs> <laughs> then it sounds like a baby. Saying. Like it does sound like a baby. Or okay. Tweety Bird. Hashtag do the poise down. <laughs> Tweet at Mountain Dew with that hashtag. Tweet at uh, Ben. What celebrity do you think is most associated with Mountain Dew? Rob, Rob Durdick. Oh my god! <laughs> it's Rob Durdick, right? This is only because we've slept together. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. First, folks. <laughs> now that's not how you. We can't make fun of his name if we're trying to get him on our podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, um, <laughs> R- Robert Durdek. Robert Durdek, listen, Sir Robert Durdek, please listen up. We're putting, Robert briefly Durdek. <laughs> we're putting pillar into a box, and the key to which is, will only be able to be given to us by one Robert Durdek. Official representative of Mountain Dew. <laughs> Rob, come on the show. Let's talk pillar. Hashtag do the praise down. Hashtag do the praise down. Oh, with a W. Do with the a w. praise down. <laughs> okay, let's do this thing so. Yeah, huh? let's let's really get into the, the meat and the potatoes. Or, you know what? If you're vegan, just the potatoes. That can be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing uh, wrong with just potatoes. Of the episode. Uh, Ben, uh, I'm going to ask you the question, but I think, I, I think some people kind of like bunt it and try to go to first base on this question. (laughs) So I kind of want your most nuanced take on where you're at, um, in any sort of like faith-based thing. Faith-based thing. Where are you at on your walk, dude? On my walk. Um... I am I th- I think I would say I'm agnostic really more in the sense of I mean I really just don't buy the bible itself or like conventional uh ideas of what like a like a divine you know deity would be um I guess I I just I don't I don't buy what other people that don't know tell me um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess that's probably, I would say, I believe there could be a God, but it'd probably just be like a really transcendent alien. You know what I mean? Um, spiritually, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been pretty separated from my spirituality lately, but I feel like I'm getting a little bit more into it. You know, um, I've, uh, been uh i read siddhartha for the first time um Ooh. yeah 
and because uh, um, I'm an idiot and I never read books in high school. Um, <laughs> I forgot to read. Oh man, um, I haven't read since high school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess I'm I'm trying really hard to get into spirituality because for the most part. I feel like people that talk about spirituality make it sound really stupid. And so I guess I'm trying You want to be the one person that's like talking about it. Cool. Well, I, I guess I'm more just trying to get into it because I'm so cynical of it and, uh, try to be like my own devil's advocate. And, yeah. um, uh-huh. I feel like the more I kind of look into it, I'm starting to have my own ideas with what it means to be spiritual. Cause I think that's probably my biggest problem is I just, don't really know what that means or uh, know if I've ever felt spiritual. So um, I don't want to say I'm really spiritual right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm getting into spirituality. Yeah. Here's the, here's the tough thing that I've noticed about discussing spirituality with literally anyone. It's kind of like trying to catch your own shadow. Cause anything you say is going to sound yeah. so dumb to yeah. everyone. Um, like that did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's, it's just such a personal thing that you yeah. literally can't communicate. Well, it sometimes. I think that's why I've been like so cynical about it is because it is, yeah, it is really personal. And at the, the root of it, it really doesn't mean anything. It, it's pretty subjective. Um, I think like I've kind of come to think of it as just, really anytime you feel like in awe of something or uh, you feel like something's just beyond your understanding, um, which I'm starting to feel that way with a lot of things. Um, So uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm getting into spirituality. Yeah. Are you, are you practicing anything? Not a religion just in general. Uh, no, not, I mean, I don't, I'm not active in my spirituality. Um, I, I, I guess spirituality is a hobby for me right now. Um, yeah. Like reading comic books or something, you know, right. just kind of like <laughs> in passing. I'll, yeah. Um, so but, something that seems cool and you'll pick it up when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been reading like a little bit of, I've been trying to, I've got a, a book I've been, um, wanting to crack oh it's actually that one we got at Bonnaroo from that monk dude oh yeah the self-actualization or whatever oh the science of self-actualization yeah yeah i've been wanting to read that um but i i finished a book not too long ago uh about like uh humanism which is kind of like the idea that spirituality like the definition of which can be described through like evolution and like biology and that science itself could be could somehow be kind of defined as like a religion as long as you kind of use it for the purposes that religion is used for um which is kind of interesting so i i guess that's kind of like my take on it right now as i'm kind of looking for ways to reverse engineer spirituality if you will kind of like i don't know yeah. Trying to find things I'm already familiar with and equate it or associate it with spirituality. Yeah, you're trying to find metaphors that you jive with. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Which is, I think, in a lot of cases, literally the entire thing. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think 
one thing I'm starting to realize is that, like, I mean, spirituality is something that you can find. I mean, everybody experiences it because it's just kind of a part of your your experience. Um, and I think just being able to recognize where you find that is the key. You know, I mean, if that's in yoga or if that's in, like, church, you know, um, that's that's the whole thing. You're just finding, like, that one thing that you can kind of get lost in your own head or... Um, just have like a wash of emotion with which I think like the closest thing I have to spirituality which may be kind of basic or cliched is really like you know going to like a music festival and just tripping balls you know mm-hmm. just like being around a million people like all on the same like wavelength you know um, so I think yeah yeah, really, like, experiencing that collective will, yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> avatar style. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron's avatar. Yeah, Jake Sully, I mean, dude. Yeah. I definitely had somebody's ponytail up my ass at some point in the in at Bonnaroo. So. That's what they're for. <clears throat> That's the yeah. first time. Why do you I'm... think I'm growing one? <laughs> That's the first thing I've ever heard that makes me want to go to Bonnaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all we're doing at Bonnaroo. There's like not even bands. It's just a. I mean, it's just a front. It sounds a lot better than it looks. I guess yeah. you should probably keep in mind. So, the, the rest of it just seems like camping with my friends near a bunch of people I never want to talk to. Bonnaroo sucks. I mean, okay, but okay. it's also really awesome. I don't know. It's like I, my kind of like, you know, and I've only been to. You'll simultaneously experience things at Bonnaroo that you like and hate yeah. viciously. It's like there's a okay. lot of cool stuff that you have to really work for. And by that, I mean, like, debase yourself as far as, like, cleanliness and, like, <laughs> amenities go. Um, okay. But it's an interesting, I don't know, it, it's kind of an interesting, like, primal experience. Like, after the first day, you realize, like, oh, yeah, everybody is this dirty and shitty as i am right now so <laughs> i don't have anything to worry about <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah we're just giant bacteria dude yeah yeah dude it really uh, just sounds like how long is bonnaroo four days it's like now? four days yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know how to not shower for four days i did it i had yeah. i have to shower halfway through or else i like hate myself that makes sense because it outside. feels really good like i mean it it it's like there's like a euphoria of getting clean after feeling like, man, I'm so dirty. I don't even like want to sleep. You know? I don't know what this says yeah. about me as a person, but I can get so dirty, like in a situation like Bonnaroo, I can get so dirty and dislike myself more and more and more. But there reaches a point where I like jack out of the matrix, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just. I, I can see that. Disgusting and don't care. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, buddy. I call that freshman year of college. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, your standards start to, like, melt away, and you're like, what is clean? Yeah. yeah. I'm cleaning myself of uh, my preconceived notions of what presentability exactly. is all about. Exactly. <laughs> I, did la- I did laundry, realistically, four times my freshman year of, high- of college. <laughs> That sounds about right. Uh, right. I had to have someone teach me how. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to ask a machine for token. It's a whole thing mm-hmm. in those dorms. There was also, uh, there was no toilet in our dorm room. There's, it was just like one for the whole floor. But we did have a sink. <laughs> I did so a couple a urinal? of times. I did, yeah, I did a couple <laughs> Wait, of times. You had a sink, sink. You had a sink in your room. In our room. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. It's what it's for. It's what it's for. You do serious business. Yeah, I mean, go to the hall floor. It's for for peeing and and runny poops. I mean, runny. Po- <laughs> 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 I mean, as long as you're confident in the consistency, it's fine. You know, I mean, as long as you can really call that shot, <laughs> Babe Ruth style. Yeah. I feel like you know if if you're aware of like your state mm-hmm. in the day, and you're like, okay, this is gonna be an all day thing, then you know, that's how I would play it. I did have a roommate though, and he was. I don't. He. We didn't talk a lot, um, <laughs> but he was like a very jacked, very small person, like Japanese dude. Um, we never interacted. The first time I ever saw him was uh, I, I was moving in, and all of his stuff was there, but he wasn't there. So we were just exploring the room. And there was a closet on my side, and my dad was like, oh, what's uh, what's this door over here? Is it a bathroom? And he opens it. No, it's my roommate's closet. Inside my roommate's closet was my roommate. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? He wasn't even jacking off or anything. He was just standing. He was hiding? He, I think he was a little bit hiding. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was hiding <laughs> from your dad? He was hiding from our whole family, I think. Like, was he actually Japanese? Whole... Yes, like from Japan. So maybe he's just like unsure of the customs. Right. I, I wasn't sure. I saw him. The, the number one thing I saw him doing all the time was looking at pictures of pants on his computer. <laughs> was he online shopping or just I think he was online shopping. I think I mean, he was online shopping. How many different pictures of like white pants can you look at? I Apparently mean... a lot. <laughs> Were they white pants? Sometimes. Wow. Anyway, all that to say, I don't think he would have appreciated walking in to find me peeing into our mutual sink. <laughs> he, oh, he did? Speaking he of... Didn't. Oh, good. Because I was, I was very fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you should have played it off just like it was a, a normal thing. You should have made him feel like he was being rude like for walking in Like this is what we do you. in America? Yeah. Yes. Also, hey, praise heads, tell us if Fast Pisser is a good Twitter name. <laughs> just tweet it, yeah. Alex or I, or at the praise down. It all comes out at once. It just kind of falls out. <laughs> <laughs> like buckshot instead of a laser? It's like, it's like when you've like... got a mouthful of water and then you just relax your jaw. I feel like the opening would have to... Change. Yeah, it looks like a camel's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Your dick hole just looks like Winston Churchill's face. <laughs> um, so, Ben, what do you think God looks like? Um, anything like that? <laughs> Does it look like a dick? A dick with a really loose, floppy opening in the end of it. <laughs> um, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah? Uh, yeah, because I think it kind of goes back to my whole thing, is all my conceptions of God are only what people have told me. And so 
I feel like when I think of God, the first thing I think of is the most like cliched thing, you know, like old man in a robe, you know, um, no underwear, bare, uh, oh. bare, barefoot. Ooh. Wait, Ooh. wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those last two. <laughs> I haven't really thought about. <laughs> He's not wearing underwear. The, I mean, <laughs> the presence or lack of underwear before. I mean, he lives in clouds, and why would you need underwear? Look, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying I haven't thought about it. I mean, neither have I. I'm, I mean, this is, you know. Yeah, there's definitely nothing under there, huh? Nope. Why I was would thinking, there be? What I mean, would, would it be like a diaper? Like, yeah. I mean, not even pubes. Like, no. naturally, nothing. Just smooth. Go straight from torso to legs. Yeah, no balls either. Not even a butt. <laughs> it's just a hole, or do they even have a hole? No hole. You think God poops, dude? No way. Could Not God a... do a poop I mean... so stinky even he had to light a match? <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> Christians. <laughs> well then, uh, follow-up question. Then if you had to make up a God... Mm. To worship, what what would you put on that thing? Uh, man, I don't even know. I would like to think of God as like some kind of like space cloud <laughs> that exists everywhere. Like maybe his existence is in like a gaseous form, okay? Whose particles are so wide apart that you can't see unless you like zoom out of the universe completely. You know. Something well, like sweet. that. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Just a generally formless type of thing. Yeah. No, I like that. My um, God looks like the cyber dolphin from the end of Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my president looks like. <laughs> ben, I know uh, just from knowing you that you went to church camp regularly. Oh, yeah. Do you have... It was the only time I got laid. Really? <laughs> no. Can we? Okay. No. <laughs> um, I mean, it was the closest times I got to getting laid. Do you have like a really, really good church camp story? Whether it's I do funny or embarrassing. Or I something? do, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I want it. Give um, it to me. Well, I have a good idea of one. Let me think if there's a better one. No. Cool. Okay. Um, when I was maybe 11, I think, or 12, I think it was 12, 12 or 13, um, uh, <laughs> one of my friends that, um, lived, he lived in Texas, but he like came up to church camp every year. I don't know. I think we may have gone to church camp like once when we were five and, um, they decided that he was just going to, they were going to ship him in every summer, like, so we could hang out. A foreign exchange camper. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird relationship. Like, it was a guy I knew, like, since I was really young, but every year I had to, like, adjust to how to interact with this, like, older kid, you know? Because, like, a year in, in kid development's a lot. And so it's like, you know, I don't know, like, do you like the same stuff? Like, are you going to think I'm a dork, you know, kind of thing? Um, but, you know, we always got familiar after, like, the first, like, two days. And, um, I think after, and this was like an especially good year in church camp. Um, and I think it was like, 
it was towards the end because um, our inhibitions were flying out the window. Um, uh, we were exploring each other's bodies, um, <laughs> uh, finding what it what it really means to to be a, a true servant of our Lord um, mm. and a servant of uh, of of your 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 buddy. You know, um, did you guys wash each other's feet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we we peed on each other's feet. Yes. <laughs> oh, a lot of jellyfish at that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so um, I guess it started halfway through the week when uh, my friend uh, uh, took a shit off the side of a bridge. Um, oh, yeah. So he had to like hang his ass like over the railing and pooped. Um, so that was cool, and I guess that. Did that, he hit a car? That, like, planted the seed for just him shitting everywhere. Um, he like, became the shit guy. In, anywhere public he could really get to. And there was, like, a rock um, that was kind of like a... It was kind of like, you know, like, all the paths, like, on the campground kind of converged at places. And, like, this rock was one of them. And it, I don't know. It, it was like a monument or something to, like, somebody that donated money to the camp or or, or like, somebody that died. I don't know. Um, but anyway, he took a shit on it and, um, we found like, for whatever reason we told like a counselor and he made us go back with latex gloves, pick it up by hand and carry it a good half mile at least to the nearest like bathroom. (laughs) Oh no, no, that wasn't even the best part. He made us divide it equally among us and there was like seven of us. (laughs) That... (laughs) That is beautiful. <laughs> what a sadistic camp council. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's probably the, the best story that I can remember. Um, Do all the best church camp stories, are they all shit related? I think so. Oh, I smoked weed at church camp. Badass. Uh, like, I think my... I could never find weed at church camp. It was probably like my second to last year, but I'd never smoked weed before at all, so I didn't get high, and I, it was kind of a bummer, but... I'm sure if I did get high that I would have had to go home. <laughs> remembering the first time I actually got high, I would have had to go home. <laughs> well, that's too bad. That would have yeah. been fun. Uh, that would have been the best story. But That's okay. Yeah. Are you are you still playing in the church band? I'm not. Did I tell you the story? No, there's a story. Okay, yeah. About um, not doing it anymore. No, yeah. So, um, so the the pastor never really liked me because you know I'm not like a a showman. You know, I don't really like dance on stage and like mm-hmm. put my hands up to the sky or whatever. You know, to to like you know look like I'm praising it hard. Um, yeah, not and, like on here. Yeah, <laughs> praise it hard. And the pastor would always like critique me a little bit which i always got really annoyed by i guess i i understood but he was like i kind of realized towards the end that he's like he just got out of seminary and i guess acts two which was kind of where we were playing is like this church that starts churches so the whole thing was really like it felt like a project for him oh, to like a, see oh, a church queen yeah to see if he could like build a church community and so he was really, he micromanaged everything, um, which was really annoying. But, um, you know, I guess I wasn't really like following his advice. And, uh, um, you know, he would like 
critique he critiqued me at it like he sat in on like a rehearsal and was like upset because i didn't have all the words memorized but yeah. i mean you know i that was where i would memorize the words and then like come you know service time like it was fine but um so one day like uh you know i was playing like violin and mandolin and singing and uh one time he actually brought in um uh connor i don't know what his last name is but he actually plays guitar in the lunar laugh um and he brought him on to sing and he like took a couple of the songs that I was on schedule to sing. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're trying to like throw some more people in here. Maybe give me less songs to sing. And, uh, um, and then after that, they just like didn't ask me back. And I was like, uh, I called the guy that ran the band and I was like, Hey, uh, do we have rehearsal tomorrow? I didn't get like a schedule or anything. And he's like, Oh, well they, they want to like try it out with Connor taking your place. And I was like, well, is this permanent? And, He's like, uh, you'll have to talk to Andy, the pastor. And so, um, you know, I texted him. I was like, hey, what's that about? And he just, like, gave me this whole, like, bullshit excuse about, like, how he was looking for, like, a strong vocalist. And um, he, he was trying to do what was best. For, he literally said he was trying to do what was best for the band. Gross. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, no, that that was really lame. I thought that was really stupid. But, um yeah, so they 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 cut me, and they wouldn't have even have said anything unless I asked, which was kind of weird. Um, that's wild. Yeah, <laughs> but but the, I guess that's how it goes. The and pastor like, kicked you out of the band. Yeah. Hmm. That's insane. That is yeah. insane. That guy was a huge prick. Uh, that makes sense. <laughs> I hated him. He was super fake. I feel like every time I would be there, and like he'd come over and be like. Hey man, how you doing? Like shake my hand and be like, oh, I'll be all right. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, he'd be like, What have you been up to? And I'd start going into what I've been up to, mm-hmm. and immediately he would be like scanning for somebody else to like say yeah. hi to. He would just do the rounds. I mean, he wasn't trying to start conversation. No, he was just trying to make sure that he had interact. He was checking a box. Yeah. So, yeah, he's well, a, he's like a super fake guy, and I don't know. Well, that's too bad. I'm sorry it sucked, and I'm glad you don't have to do it anymore. That sucks too, because a pastor's job is to be sincere and nice. Like, it's and like, but a, I mean, that's the professional sincere guy. Well, that's that's the catch twenty two. Yeah. It's your job to be sincere. Yeah, you're it's right. It's more your job to seem sincere. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't do that anymore. But Jill, do you want to talk about this thing in the group chat? Since we're on the subject of church camp stories, this is uh, this is our sound person, Jill, if you don't already know. Uh, ben, you won't know what this is because I just sent it to the guys in our group chat. But I sent them one time I went to Falls Creek and we literally did that wash each other's feet thing in a circle. Uh-huh. And someone asked me to pray during it and I got so anxious that I cried. <laughs> because I never, like, I didn't grow up Christian. So... I didn't really know how to pray. That's nerve wracking. It was terrifying. Yeah. And I just like passed it off as being emotional and like overwhelmed with the Lord and someone else did it for me. Beautiful. Amazing. I mean, that's understandable. <laughs> God, church camp was generally insane, right? Yeah. I had to spend yeah. a lot of time around kids that were sociopaths. Oh and yeah. You couldn't you couldn't like tell anybody that. Yeah. 
Because nobody knows what that is because it's 1998. Right. I spent the majority of my third grade church camp week with this kid who uh, had one of those tube fans. Oh, yeah. those portable tube fans. It just kept throwing grasshoppers through it. <laughs> what? And... It sounded terrible. It would make a noise. Like, <laughs> they'd yeah. scream. Yeah, and he would just laugh and laugh uh, and laugh. And also, uh, girls kissed him a lot. And that not, makes sense. And not me. That so, makes sense. Um, what an asshole. So I'm checking out the sociopath boxes here. Loves violence is like successful with the opposite sex. More right. handsome yeah, than yeah. me. <laughs> He's probably a doctor now. Oh my God. It's impossible. Uh. Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's. Uh, what else we got? Do you want to? You want to move on to? You want to talk about the leftovers? The leftovers. Let's pitch the leftovers to Ben because. Uh, let's back up. Let's introduce this segment properly. Uh, last week, Dalton Stewart uh, gave us the leftovers to check out. I've seen the entirety of The Leftovers, and Alex has seen a good bit of it. I watched like a season of a, and a half of it in a, in a week. It's So we're just going to try to talk Ben into, into watching it. All right. Ben, do you have the HBO streaming service, HBO Now? Uh, I did. I actually just canceled it with the end of Game of Thrones. Well, too, mm. too bad. Time to get it again because you got to watch uh, The Leftovers. How, how bad do you feel knowing you didn't even watch the best show on HBO? Um, the Wire. The, un- also oh. The Leftovers. Until now, I, I don't think I'd felt anything. But Well, get ready to feel some stuff. The Leftovers is about what if the rapture happens, but nobody knows how or why. It's basically oh, just... Oh, I've yeah. heard of this. Yeah, I heard it was like, really good. It's super good. Yeah. It's real good. Bunch of people disappear. There's a there's a cult in it where everybody just wears white and doesn't talk and they all smoke cigarettes all the time and it doesn't explain why They're until French mi- I know what you're thinking French mimes, right? Yeah. Wrong. Oh, wrong. It's a cult. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. All the deer are going insane. The d- there's a bunch of like wild dogs that go around doing murder. A deer breaks into a guy's kitchen. Uh, what else? There's a woman in it who lost her entire family to this rapture event. Yeah. And she hires prostitutes to shoot her in the chest while she wears a bulletproof vest. It's awesome. Oh. It's, it's really, really, really cool. Um, yeah. These are all just the, the cursory pieces of it. Uh, but, um, I feel like, I feel like I, I kind of tease this a little bit, but I feel like The Leftovers talks about loss better than anything I've ever seen. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. loss, uh, you know, obviously grief and moving on, like all three of those things. How difficult it is to move on, even though everyone just kind of tells you to do it all the time, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. is uh, is one of the things I see the most in that show. Um isn't it yeah, kind of good. like, isn't it like, because I heard I, the only, I guess the only 
ref frame of reference I have for as I heard the director on uh, NPR talking about it, um, mm. and uh, it's a she, right? And she was like talking about how she's really religious, but I guess the show is kind of supposed to be absent of right. religion a little bit, like so. It's and not, it is, yeah. It it generally is. I mean, there is there is a character who is the reverend of a church. And he's very religious, but he's also a little crazy. He's also a little crazy. Everybody's a little bit crazy. That's true. Everybody does some stuff that's uh, you wouldn't expect a person to do. Everybody just ha- is. Everybody just engages in unsettling behavior in this show. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knows how to act normal anymore. I feel like uh, something really similar I, I watched was uh, um, The Handmaid's Tale. I, oh, oh, yeah. When I was hearing the the synopsis, is it similar to that? I haven't seen. I it. don't know anything about The Handmaid's Tale. Ben. Ben. Oh well, I can pitch that. I I oh, yeah. to derail yeah. it. Pit, yeah, <laughs> pitch absolutely. for pitch. Um. Yeah, here's a TV show that you haven't watched. So. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um. So I guess it's like there was a. It's based on like a book. Um, right. And uh, it's a dystopian future that. Um, you know, it was like written in like the, I don't know, like the last half century, you know, long enough ago that it was, you know, they didn't know anything about like politics and stuff today. But um, all, almost all people are infertile just for whatever reason. I think they kind of like, they kind of like attribute it to like global warming or something like, like pollution or something. And so... In this instability, this uh, militant right-wing group that's like they—they're kind of like Mennonites or like uh, like fundamentalists, like they kind of seem like Mormons or something. Uh, they like you know they look like Little House on the Prairie type people. Okay, <laughs> they like rise up and they take over um, the Easter the East Coast and um, they start like. Uh, making laws like progressively like women can't work um and like all these different things eventually they like close it off and they start um like basically training the fertile women to be handmaids which are basically just like breeding stock for like the rich people got it um and it's really good um i don't know the 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 main actress, but she's also the director and writer of it, and Ooh. and it's pretty amazing. She's in lots of stuff. I don't know her name, but um, uh, it's really it's really good. Dalton is everybody's name. I know who you're talking about though. She played Peggy in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's really intense. I kind of I, I it seemed like from what I heard of the leftovers, it's really similar, kind of in like the drama of it and like yeah. the um. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Elizabeth Thank you so Moss. much. She, she's amazing in it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's just like, like the shit that like she has to go through. It's just like really like, it makes me sad every episode, but it's really weird because like, you know, it's like a story that's not in our time. Well, I guess it could be in our time, you know, like when it was written, like in the future or whatever. But, um, the way like politics and stuff are kind of playing out right now, it's it's like hits really close to home in a weird way. Kind of with uh, I don't know, just the way uh, 
everything kind of goes down. Mm-hmm. But it it feels like it might <clears throat> just kind of be the way things would be if there wasn't anybody to uh, to like call the richest, most right wing people on their uh, shit on the regular. Yeah, yeah. Hot take. Yeah. Alert coming. I mean, for for as much as as much good as that does. Right. Yeah. Just. But you know what? If they weren't getting owned on Twitter all the time, then it would be like the freaking. Yeah. <laughs> you know who we really have to thank for it not being 1984? The Daily Show <laughs> with yeah, Trevor no. Noah. Yes, specifically the Daily specifically Show with Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah. If it wasn't for Trevor Noah, who knows where we'd be? Anyway, who we're, knows we're even where we're we're Noah's. <laughs> let's uh, let's um, <laughs> we were talking about the leftovers, but um. Let's get to the let's get to the thing. Let's praise yeah, it. Yeah, let's praise it. Let's talk about the band. The, the band is uh, the Welcome, the Welcome Wagon. Wagon. So tell us just about your background with them and, and a little bit. Just sort of give us a quick overview. I don't have a a whole lot of background with the Welcome Wagon. Uh, they were always kind of like one of the background bands for like my uh, Last FM account. You know, um, so like mm-hmm. I feel like I listen to them in like passively you know like five or six years ago and then never really again but um uh, i remember they were always kind of like one of the secondary bands that uh, you know i considered something i liked okay well which uh you got a track for us yeah do you what uh um there was one on that album you were looking at just now uh welcome to the welcome wagon or Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Uh, it's Welcome to the Welcome Wagon. Wow, I thought we were listening There's to the one... Welcome Wagon, not Godspeed, you black emperor. <laughs> There's one in particular. Um, I think it was sold to the nice rich man. Okay, I'm going to crank that soldier boy right now. Ooh. This is like Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, Dude, that's nice. exactly what I was thinking. Like, yeah, and I didn't really... I was listening to it today to get, like, refreshed on it, and it's almost indistinguishable. Like, um, yeah, and that's definitely one, what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's, like... It's... I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out the pieces of it that, that kind of do... Th- do that Sufjan thing. Well, I can tell me. you. <laughs> Is it the horns? I was it's, thinking about it's, it. It's them horns. Yeah. yeah. It's the male 
and female unison lines yeah mm. on the vocals but go ahead oh no that's exactly what i was gonna say well i mean and even like the um there's a lot in their songs where they have uh sometimes the same phrase or sometimes different phrases being sung in the background as like kind of harmonies mm-hmm. um i know there was a couple that um they kind of like repeat the same phrase over and over again and like build on that with like the instruments um which i feel like is really characteristic of Sufjan Stevens um because uh, there's some Sufjan Stevens songs that's just the same verse like 10 times um yeah, I think the horns is really the biggest thing for me. And I think it has to do with the character of the horns too. I yeah, they're real staccato. Really they're really staccato, but they're not hard. It's like yeah. me- it's like real mellow toots. It's kind of like um little honks. There's like little honks. There's a style that I'm like trying to put my finger on. It's like uh it's kinda like uh not Motown. But, um, what does that sound? I can't even think of it. But yeah, it sounds kind of like, um, it's like soft jazz almost, you know. That's Motown kind of. I think maybe that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. There's something really specific I'm trying to think of, but it always reminds me of like a, like, Kind of, it's like a seventies ish style, you know. Yeah, it does. Um, mm-hmm. Like maybe like, uh, like seventies kind of like soft rock or like pop, you know. Yacht rock. Yacht rock. Yacht rock is what that's. Yacht that's speed. 70s. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, hollow notes and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yacht rock. Well, you, you know, I mean, Sufjan Stevens was because like we're kind of talking about the welcome wagon as being like a, like a Christian band. Right. Um, right. Which almost all their songs are about religion in one way or another. Mm. Um, from the, from the album I listened to, but, um, I mean, Sufjan so Stevens is pretty like, uh, faith kind of related in a lot of his lyrics. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. Cause isn't there one, I mean, he does like those Christmas albums that are like yeah. fifty songs long. Mm-hmm. Dude um, loves Christmas. He's like Jack Skellington. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't there one? He's indie Jack Skellington. Indie Jack Skellington. <laughs> indie Jack Skellington. Oh my god! Wasn't um like his Seven Swans? Um, wasn't wasn't that like a like about the Book of Genesis or something like that? Like, there's a lot of like. There's a lot. There's like psalms in there, or you know, you know, what I'm talking um, about. To be alone with you is on that one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Didn't he do a hymn on that? I think so. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Was of. it "Come That Fount of Every Blessing"? Man, I don't know anything about know. Suvian Stevens. Uh, ben and I were Ben and I were big Suv heads together. Yeah, a little while ago. Um. Oh, okay, Jill's got it. Seven Swans. We've got um uh To Be Alone with You is there like we talked about. Um the tracks are 
all the trees of the field will clap their hands. The dress looks. I think it might have been that one. Is like a psalm or something, like from the Book of Psalms. That sounds psalmish. I don't know, but yeah. So I mean, I was thinking about that, and I was like, I was wondering, they, the welcome wagon and Sufjan Stevens might be related somehow, because I'm wondering, because I think maybe the the girl has done some tracks with them or something like that. Let me find out. Oh, yep. Here we go. They both, um, let's see. Or maybe the horn section is the same because they're like a group themselves. How big is that? How big is the welcome wagon as a group? Okay. I think he, I think maybe Steven's, oh, he, he produced, he helped produce the album. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, well, there we go. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, we did it. You want to hear another one off that bad boy? Absolutely. There's one called Half a Person, and I really hope that it's a Smith's cover. Let's let's, let's all find out together. Let's find out. One, two. One, two, three, four, <laughs> Call me morbid, call me pale. It is. Oh. That's fun. It's way spookier. That's kind of what I'm talking about when they have like yeah. the call and response parts. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very folky. <laughs> also, the mixing is like a Sufjan. It, yeah, it's like the mix is very Sufjan. It's it's lo-fi while still being clear, pretty clear. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of shit going on, but still the vocals are way in front of all of it. Mhm. I like that also. What's uh what, what's another track? Um uh well, um I don't know. Maybe not a mumbling word. I think that's as far as I really got today. Uh it might be like the fourth song. Mm. Yeah, so this is like I thought this mm. one was kind of cool. Yeah. Cuz they have kind of they're very hymny. <laughs>
Nice. Yeah, I was listening to this in the car, and it it was surprising to me how bassy like it is. It's all just like real warm and comfy. It's very count yeah. bassy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jazz man count bassy. Oh boy. <laughs> um. Well, folks, thanks for tuning into the final episode of the Praise Town. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys. So, there's a song on here called American Legion, and I need it to just be a parody of American Woman. <laughs> American Legion! Let's see. Let's see if it is. It's not. So far, I don't think so. Surprise, it's in 3-4. Yeah. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait for the uh, the vocals to come in just to confirm. Very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to jump over to the second album? Do you, do you know anything about this second album? I don't album know or? the second one, yeah. I, I remember that one being the only one I had listened to before. So okay. I wanted to make sure that I was refreshed. Well, let's, let's, see what's, uh, let's see what's going on in the second album. I'm seeing a few. Just let me know when you. Um, I'm going to name off the names of the songs and just okay. let me know when you want to stop. Whichever one grabs me. Yeah. I'm Not Fine. My God, My God, Parts 1 and 2. Okay. I Know That My Redeemer Lives. Rice and Beans, parentheses, but no beans. That one. Uh, That's it. Good one. When there's rice and beans, but you have no beans, and the rice is running pretty thin. When your socks have holes in the hard wind blows and the cold starts coming on How did They Might Be Giants get in here? Yeah, who did this? Worn through shoes Checkmate bounce Red cone do At the end of the day I'm glad to have a friend like you What? Ten, Suvian Stevens has ten Christmas EPs. That's we were just informed. That's, that's insanity. Yeah, there's two. And so he does. Nobody loves Christmas more than Sufjan Stevens. That feels true. He loves Christmas more than Dude, the Grinch at the end of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's something about Suvian Stevens that I uh, just never understood is. How does he have time to do all those recordings? Because, I mean, he's got, like, what, eight or nine, ten normal albums. He's produced these guys. And then he's, like, a like an art professor or something, too, right? Like, okay, so the first Christmas album was recorded. He just hasn't done recorded, anything else. He's never seen a TV it show. It was recorded <laughs> over five years, the first Christmas album songs. Oh, uh, okay. <gasps> Yeah, um, I didn't know he was an art professor. The um, silver and gold. Maybe was, I'm wrong on that. It took another five years. I know he he was an art student and then went into music, but I think he's a professor of some kind. Or he's like, a professor of uh, he's a professor of Christmas, Ben. Oh yeah, I should have known. <laughs> he's the final boss of Christmas. That's like some commitment wow. to making Christmas songs, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, you think you love Christmas more than Sufjan Stevens? Tweet at us. 
<laughs> We'd love to have you on the podcast. To, uh, I just mean, really take it to Suvian. It is nice, though, because when it's Christmas, I just put on one of those albums, and I never have to change it, because yeah. it's three hours long. <laughs> that's how long Christmas is. Yeah. I mean, that's how long Mary went into labor. <laughs> that was how long... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but Songs for Christmas, Sufjan Stevens' first Christmas collection, is as long as the Virgin Mary was in labor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that was also the first C-section. <laughs> the Sufjan Steve section. <laughs> a C-section, but the C is for Christ. <laughs> the Christ section. <laughs> do you want to do any more songs off this uh, second album? Um, I do like when songs put two parts of the same song into one song. It's insane. So Just let's call it a let's song. do that. Yeah, let's do parts one and two. Oh, I like this. It's like uh, God in space. That's where he lives. <laughs> The members of this band look like they were murdered by H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> I mean, even the guy sings a lot like Sufjan Stevens. He went to the Sufjan Stevens school of singing. All right, yeah. I'm going to skip to the middle and hope we, get, we catch part two. Let's get part to part two, two yeah. Perfect. I did, I did great. You nailed it. Yeah, split the uprights. I like this one. Mm-hmm. It's a little more just kind of roots rocky. Of his bod? Is God's bod. What I like about these guys is the that they, they do... They're, they like to have a lot of things going at once, but they're also not afraid to get sparse. Yeah. Like, that one was just, like, three things, and I, th- that's what I'm into. Yeah. And it was real s- southern fried. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Ch- just taste those crab boils. <laughs> oh, that... Wait, I went... You I, can't, you can't, you I can't, always do Cajun. Too south. Too far <laughs> south. Too far. Oh, you're right. You're right. Do, like, a foghorn. You're right. Yeah. right. Let's go... Okay. Different, different South. Like a Southern like fraud. So, south of here, but not Louisiana. <clears throat> G'day, mate. That's some Southern fraud. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe how yeah, Southern fraud. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to all of our listeners. <laughs> all of them. All, all. I'd like to apologize. Especially the ones from Singapore. That's the accent you're doing. Right? Yes. Have I ever told you about how impressions make me genuinely uncomfortable. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, We're well, apologizing to you. I Th- want to talk about this. is something I'd like to unpack. Yeah. I'd like to get somebody's opinion. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Um, maybe not like good impressions. Like that time was fine. Cause that was a pretty good, like Australian Thanks. accent, you know, su- to, Southern gentleman, good it is. Mm. Southern gentleman down under. Well, um, I do declare. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> um, but like when people do bad impressions, it make I have like a like a uh, physical reaction to it. Like I want to leave or tell them to stop. Um, 
I get that. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I remember, like, in, in school when, like, Harry Potter came out and everybody wanted to speak in, like, British accents. Like... Uh-huh. I almost just, like, poop myself so many times. Like, it's just so... It's too much for me. I don't... It's so cringy. Like, I don't know. I am actually... I'm with you on this. Yeah. My sister has a... Or used to have her... I think it's better now. She used to have the worst British accent anyone has ever heard. And it's like, just and I stop. Just, <laughs> I could... I had to, like... Because you can't... You can't support that. <laughs> you can't co-sign. One of my... A bad English accent. One of the things I'll always be proud of is that for as long as he lived, I never told Will Ogletree that his British accent was bad. <laughs> he died thinking he had a great British accent. Yeah, he died doing that accent. Yeah. It was a Cockney accent because he had to play Sid Vicious. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if you had told him it was bad right before that, that match? I, I would never be able to forgive myself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he, then he wouldn't have had the... He, he would have just done a regular voice... This is honestly kind of a really sweet thing yeah. that's getting exchanged. Yeah. 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 The fact that you kept it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean. It makes me feel good. Well, here's something to kind of, you know, undercut that. What if that would have saved him? If he was, <laughs> if he was like so, if he was so self-conscious that he didn't even attempt yeah. the move that, yeah. you know. If he was so self-conscious about his British accent <laughs> that he gave up on wrestling. Yeah. Just, I he just, I'll never be a wrestler. Home. I guess I'll never be doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boy. Yeah, but then I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he would have just picked a different character to do a bad impression of. Yeah. <laughs> also, it wouldn't make you feel any better because then you just kind of like made him feel bad, right? Exactly. And then he could have gotten somebody else killed, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, There's knows. no. Also, this is how, why... could, how could you know that you'd be preventing anything? Exactly. This is exactly what that Ashton Kutcher book, The Butterfly Effect, is about. Mm-hmm. The Ashton. <laughs> Did that he write book, that? that? The, the novelization of the motion picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The butterfly effect. <laughs> the butterfly Ashton effect. Kutcher's uh, ghost-written autobiography. Mm, that that Ashton Kutcher podcast, the butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'd call it the Kutch cast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Or the the punk cast. The punk cast. Yeah, because he was on punk. Yeah, he yeah. absolutely was. Was he the punk guy, or did he like take he, it over? He was the punk doing the punk. Yeah. It was always weird to me because he was doing punk when he was like thirty five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should be able to do like practical jokes after age like twenty. I also think it's weird that. Well, current... why would you? Why would you have to quit when you just now got good? <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think it's weird that the current kings of pranks are the impractical jokers. Four guys in there. I assume forties. Mm-hmm. And all they yeah. do is just prank each other. Yeah. And it's, they're good at it. It's good. Yeah, they're good at. It, I'm, it actually I'm is mad really that impractical funny. Impractical jokers is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because I because. Yeah, if they weren't funny, I would hate all of those guys mm-hmm. for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they just. Mm. They just nail it. They're pretty good at it. I mean... Impractical Jokers gets nine out of 12 disciples for me (laughs) with one Judas. And it's Q. 
so do we uh, do we want to get into our final thoughts? Yeah, uh, let's do final thoughts and a rating. Who wants to start? I'll start. <laughs> uh, I I didn't quite uh, expect uh, for there to be this sort of Sufjan school of Christian mm-hmm. folk music, but I'm happy there is. I'm glad. I'm glad that. Uh, I'm glad that the Welcome Wagon is a band that's real. Uh, I I mm-hmm. grew up listening to a lot of Sufjan Stevens. Uh, Sufjan Stevens was actually the reason I like bought a banjo and was shitty at banjo for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, so naturally, I'm gonna you're you're gonna see me really enjoying the Welcome Wagon, and it's you can tell that it's not only influenced by Sufjan Stevens, but it's really, really, really true to form. And also, I mean, this kind of checks all the this kind of checks all the good Christian band boxes. Like, oh, they have a sound that doesn't really like ape another sound. Like, I guess they're kind of would if they weren't associated with the sound that it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I guess I'm giving it a pass because there is a clear. Uh, <laughs> There is a clear similarity between it and Sufjan Stevens, but they're like buds. Yeah, that's because Sufjan Stevens did it. Yeah. Yeah, so that might be hard to kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying. It's a hard thing to really consider because it's like. I'm trying to figure out how to work it out in my head, too. Because it's like, is is it like derivative of Sufjan Stevens or is it just. Sufjan Stevens. Yeah, added Sufjan Stevens. Because, I mean. That's all. Is that almost a good thing? I think it is. I mean, I mean if he's is. a collaborator, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not like imitation crab. If the real crab made it, right? It's just yeah. more good crab, more that delicious. For, yeah. Forget that weird it came out of I made, but the crab's own butthole. Yeah, right. Then, then it's the real, real, real McCrab. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think if there's any negative hits. Um, I don't really think there is, but I think there is still something that kind of separates it from some of the higher things on my list. Maybe it's just a matter of personal preference, but I'm going to go ahead and give them uh, nine disciples, no Judas. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, I... I don't really have a background with Sufjan, um, but I like all the things these guys do. They, I like their use of strings. It's not we, we've got this ongoing thing about how using strings in rock and roll music is always heinous. <laughs> it's always heinous. A, it's always a crime. Really? But, yeah, rock but, strings are bad. Rock strings are bad, um, but the way they use the strings and. The whole, it they they just really nail it, and I I think that's probably Suvian's uh, fault, um, <laughs> his fault. But also, um, you know, I, and I think it's a probably a personal preference thing for me. I'm not a huge. This didn't get its hooks into me, like mm-hmm. some previous bands have. Um, so I I would have to say. 
eight out of twelve. No Judas, because they really this band has never sinned. Mm-hmm. They're like, there's no, there are no bad points about this band. Yeah, it, it feels like there's not a lot of risks being taken. Right. Maybe, maybe that's it. Ben. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I guess when I'm looking at them, if I'm if I'm thinking of them as like a, a Christian folk band, which I guess. If most of their songs are about religion, then that should be what they can, are considered. Um, I mean, I, when I think of that, I, I think they've probably been my favorite, you know, like Christian band so far. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of like in the opposite side of it. And maybe it's just because like I grew up playing strings instruments that like when I see it represented, I like that a little bit more. But I also like when things when there's a lot of instrumentation that's used in like tasteful ways, um, like just something a little bit different. Um, I like that the messages of the song are a little bit more poetic, Mm -hmm. uh, than just like, he is great. He is almighty kind of thing. It's like, um, I mean, especially like on the first song of, uh, um, I, that was really like, stuck out to me on like the first song of uh welcome to the welcome wagon um was pretty uh it's like it's like talking about like god coming down from this the sky basically and um i don't know the way that they talk about it it was really uh poetic and um a lot of the the music in it i think is really thoughtful as far as like you know where they place like the call and response type stuff and where like the horns kind of come out. And um, there's a lot of really interesting guitar parts, which I feel like if we're talking about Suvion Stevens, Suvion Stevens is kind of lacking in a lot of electric guitar stuff. Um, so I guess it was kind of cool to, to hear that. Um, but like getting into like the Suvion Stevens part of it, that does make it a little bit harder for me to like, get really into them because it does kind of just sound like Suvion Stevens, but more Christian with two different singers. Um, I think musically it's almost on par to me. I mean, I have a lot of, I mean, I love Suvion Stevens. I think he's probably one of the best musicians of our generation. Um, definitely one of the most prolific, obviously. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so I guess it's hard for me to like really get into them that much. I'm like, well, they're kind of just like Sugion Stevens light to me. So maybe that's skewing my perspective on them, but um, I definitely like them a lot. So I'd say like a 10 disciples, no Judas. All right. Yeah. Well, good job. Welcome. Oh yeah. Another, like, I guess like part of it too, with like the whole Sugon Stevens thing that makes it hard for me is kind of going back to what I've said before, which I feel like a good majority of Christian music is pretty derivative of another specific, like specific aesthetic or something, you know, they kind of like tack onto that and they're like, well, let's make that sound like religious. And I'm kind of, kind of makes it hard for me because I feel like that's exactly what happened with the Sugon part. But I mean, I really like Suvion Stevens, so, you know, I don't know. It's different. It's an aesthetic I actually like, so I guess it's right. different. Right, and it's not so much, uh, that's just what makes it so hard. Like, yeah, 
That's true, but also Sufjan very much sanctioned this band doing what they did. Yeah. Do. You know what I mean? So. I like that but, they're really like. I like bands that don't take themselves too seriously, too. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. the Rice and Beans one is definitely. Very fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick, could we give Ben a bad example of rock strings? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What do you. Um, What's what's one of the more what's one of the more criminal examples? I feel like there are some skillet songs that just have <laughs> that have some rock strings that really bum me out. Just some egregious. Um, probably. Uh, I feel like now, the resistance might have. I will say, for for a lot of rock music with strings, I feel like that's kind of the go to. This is the really thoughtful song. That's exactly you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like I feel like Kiss and like people like that when they do like a ballad, they're like, "Well, we got to throw strings in there so we seem highbrow." Right. This is the like this is the song that should be taken seriously. Exactly. <laughs> maybe maybe that is what it what it is. It's like if you if you use it wrong, it's clear you're an amateur. It's like truffle yeah. oil. Well, yeah, and I mean, but that's also something like you know they didn't write that. I mean, they had to get yeah. somebody to orchestrate that because you have yeah. to know. You know, when you're playing like guitar in a band, for the most part, you can kind of do whatever you want, and it sounds like a guy playing guitar. But if you have a group of people playing stringed instruments, they can't all make their own like um, decision on what they're playing at any given time. You like have to write that out so that harmonically it makes sense. You know, it doesn't sound like a mess. Right. So this one definitely has strings. Uh, Savior by Skillet. Here we go. <laughs> Sounds like they're backwards. Those are synth, backwards synth strings. <laughs> backwards synth strings. Anyway, yeah, that fine. was the strings no, <laughs> example. I, there's like a. But see, that's not real strings, though. No, like, this is just synth strings. In any case, well, fake no strings look, do sound look, bad. I mean, look. Is it fake strings? I it's fake think it's strings. fake strings that are bad. Fake strings always sound bad. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't. I think if those strings were like real, even if there was just like I just don't. Uh, I just don't like a like a string interlude in a hard rock. We'll see. Song. We'll see where this goes. It does. It does feel like a '90s movie trailer. Yeah. Music. Am I like going to freaking? Spawn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And now they're gone. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that metal band that Exhibit wrapped in. It's that. So skillet's bad. So here's why synth strings are always bad, and I can tell you, it would sound better if it was real strings. I mean, it's all about, like, the... It's about, like, the attack on the note. Like, you know what I mean? Because when you're playing the synth string, you press the key and string sound happens. But, like, strings, when you're playing them, like, it takes a half second for the string to start resonating. So it's, like, less of a... I mean, it's it's just such a different, like, sound. 
And do you think it's because there is more dynamic control that it's easier to make it not sound gross? Yeah, and it sounds a lot more natural because it's like, and even with like the vibrato, when you play in synth strings, it's just the same rate of vibrato. Mm -hmm. Like vibrato in anything makes a big difference. Like, I mean, you wouldn't want to play something kind of soft and sweet with like really fast vibrato, you know? Right. You wouldn't. You'd want it to be kind of like you would if you're like a hack. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like, and just kind of speaking from like a string player perspective, vibrato itself has such a big impact on how it sounds because, I mean, that's how you actually like communicate accents and stuff mm -hmm. like that. You just add more vibrato or less. So like the thing with, I mean, because like strings are like saxophone or um, like a voice of any kind. It's It's so like... You know, it's not necessarily like a guitar. I mean, like, the entire sound has control from beginning to end of whatever you're playing. You know, mm -hmm. like, you play guitar, like, you can pluck a string or strum a chord, and the sound kind of, like, happens and then decays. And then you can maybe do, like, a little bit of vibrato to give it some color. But, like, mm -hmm. when you're playing strings, I mean, it's just constant. You can control every point of the of the phrase. There's just too many. Okay. There's too many things that you have to control that like a synth can't, huh. can't, can't, yeah. can't do. Okay, I'd be willing to discuss. I'd be, I'd be willing to open this back up to discussion. <laughs> I really like. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm loving the, the ways we've gone with this. Now, um, listener, if you wanna, if you wanna get in on the conversation about strings versus horns, uh, hit us with if you're team horns. Hit us with hashtag. Um, Horn, horny for God? <laughs> no, wait, no, tasteless. Um, just hit us with ha the with ha hashtag um, honk if you're horny, <laughs> and then uh, hashtag uh, stomp if you're stringy. Mm -hmm. If your team strings, yeah. it's so if your team horns. <laughs> we've now. I do want to make it clear. We have yet to have anybody participate in these hashtag games, but we will continue to do them. <laughs> until it happens. Until it does happen. Uh, so if you're Team Horns, one more time, that's hashtag honk if you're horny. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're Team Strings... Stomp if you're stringy. Stomp if you're stringy. couple more things. Um, so remember how we talked about the leftovers in the middle of the episode? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's now up to you to give us a piece of Christian or tangentially Christian media. Uh, you gave us God's Not Dead last time, and we did do it. We just lost your episode. So oh. you got to give us another one. Okay. Um, ooh, man. You want to give us another Christian movie? Yes. <laughs> this one has stuck with me, and I always feel like it's really specific but more people recognize it than I ex ever expect. And that's, is it Facing the Giants? Whoa! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that a Christian movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? I, I assume every football oh, yeah, movie they, is a Christian movie. They play movie. football for God. That's how they start winning. What? I, wait, that's is the that... story, yeah. Every facing football team giants? plays football for God. What the So fuck? the story of Facing the Giants is the coach is kind of losing and he's having, like, marital problems. Like, I don't know. Like, he's just... They're not having, like, great sex or something. And then, like, he starts realizing what's been missing is his faith, and he brings that to his coaching, and it changes everything. Mm -hmm. 
I yeah I is it I assume every football movie is Christian. <laughs> by the way, remember the Titans? Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah. Why did I think that Facing the Giants was the CGI uh, baseball movie? No, that's Everyone's Hero. That's a totally different thing. Sorry, okay, go there's on. There's also another football movie called Little Giants. Okay, which got is it. Like, what do we got here? Oh, so the very first episode of uh, Griffin McElroy and uh, Rachel McElroy's uh, podcast, Wonderful talks about how most baseball movies are also Christian. We're basically a McElroy podcast. We are kind of a little bit. Well, baseball is also the widest sport. It is for sure the widest sport. mm -hmm, It's because it's based on cricket. (laughs) (laughs) They look like they're playing a sport in PJs. (laughs) I mean, it's also the only sport that you can be, like, kind of chubby and still do. Yeah, baby. Which is perfect for white guys. Rules. (laughs) I wish I could have been a baseball player in the 1920s. Oh, my God. Because I could have just done nothing but, like, work at a butcher shop and eat Reuben sandwiches. Fucking Reuben sandwiches and <laughs> sticks of butter. Nine hot dogs a day. Until, just turn that into muscle. Until my goddamn city gets a baseball team and I said, hey, I'll throw the fucking ball and be on the team. I'll, I'll be the ball pitcher and I could just be on the team now. What, do you want a guy to throw it? I'll throw it. Yeah, do you want me to hit it with this uh, stick? Stick? All right. All right. I'll do both. I mean, really, the biggest thing about baseball is the ability to stand. And then there's there's one guy that haunches, and I mean... That guy's got the most powerful thighs. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, there's standing guys, there's a haunch guy. Um, There's a swinging guy. Yeah. But I mean, that only involves, like, your arms. That's true. Still standing. Still standing Great. And standing still, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. All right, boys. I I think we did it. We did it, Ben. Uh, where can I find you? And where can our listeners find you online? Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. Uh. I. Uh, so our band website is lotse and it's spelled L H O T S E. Um. Has all the associated social media links there um so yeah that's uh lotse.band and uh yeah we're on instagram and everything so you guys are, mm. you guys are active on on uh the internet i've seen i try yeah well you succeed that does it for <laughs> that this does episode it. we did it praise down as we're always saying at the end of the praise down. As we love to say at the end of the praise down, every episode we always like to say, you know, keep your crabs in a barrel. And keep your imitation crab in an imitation barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> keep your crabs in the barrel. <laughs> the whip what what up holy ghost round 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 the whip what